0: at student's work, and I noticed that when I marked up her paper, there was a, a question that she clearly didn't understand part of the question, and I circled that part of the question, and it says, it looks like you misunderstood this information, and then I showed her where her misunderstanding was, and she actually came later, uh, back to me later, and, and wanted to retake, and I we went over it, and she clearly understood after seeing, oh, that's where my mistake was.
1: Welcome to TG2Cast. I'm your host, Aaron Blackwelder. Today we'll be discussing how to go gradeless with Andrew Burnett. Andrew is a seventh grade math teacher at Day Middle School in Newton, Massachusetts. This fall he will be starting his 17th year teaching. In 2012, he left teaching for five years to work with a professor at Worcester Polytechnic Institute in Worcester, Massachusetts, on an educational study. You can read Andrew's blog at burnettmath.wordpress.com and you can follow him on Twitter at and burnett123. Well, welcome, Andrew. How are you doing today?
0: I'm doing great. How about you?
1: I'm doing wonderful. Thank you. Uh, enjoying your summer?
0: Uh, yes, uh, very much enjoying my summer. It's uh, It's been uh, enjoyable to uh, spend some time with my family and, and relax, but uh, now that we're in August, again, starting to think about uh, getting ready for sc- the school year. And how much time do you have left? Uh, about two and a half weeks.
1: Okay. Okay. That's about where I'm at, too. Okay. Well, um, let's get started. Um, so... You emphasize in your class uh, the importance of standards in your learning targets. Um, what are the standards in your class? How do you come up with them? Are they something that you've come up with or are they collaborated with the department? How do you do that?
0: Uh, so actually, the learning standards come directly from the Massachusetts State Standards. So I go, went through all the standards in seventh grade math. And I broke them down into, uh, I am able to, or I understand statements. So an example might be, I'm able to convert between fractions, decimals, and percents, or uh, I understand how to add integers using different models, something like that. Uh, I came up with the idea, actually, I shouldn't say I came up with the idea. I came across the idea when I was reading uh, Joe Bowler's book, Mathematical Mindsets. And uh, in chapter nine of that book, uh, it talks about assessment for growth mindset, and she talks a lot about how you can have students self-assess and what you want them self-assessing on. So I, I took a look at uh, the state standards and the related types of problems that students would be working with, and I had students self-assess how they did on those types of problems, and it was directly related to the standard. How many standards do you have in your class? Uh, That's a question I don't know the answer to. (laughs) It it runs, uh, I would guess, somewhere around uh, 30 uh, for the entire school year, 30 to 35. Um, So when all is said and done, uh, I would say about each quarter, uh, we're somewhere between uh, eight and 10 standards by the end of the quarter.
1: Sounds similar to what we did. Um, We looked at the Common Core State Standards and drew from that. We uh, decided kind of what was uh, essential for students to understand, um, and then we assess based on those and report based on those. Um, and then everything else that we figure is still important. Um, we still teach to and we still draw from, um, but we only report on the uh, the essential standards.
0: Yeah, that's very interesting. The way that you decided to you almost chose some power standards exactly. And, and use those as the ones for the students to self-assess.
1: Yeah, our um, power standards um, are, we look at them as an umbrella in which all the other standards kind of fall under.
0: Yeah, I, I didn't, we didn't necessarily do specific power standards. I didn't sit with my, my math team and decide what the power standards were. Uh, we basically went through um, the things that we were teaching. Uh, this was my first year at this school, so I, I went along with but the other teachers there had already been teaching and uh, basically found the standards that fit into those things that we're teaching so that we were very much aligned uh, across the seventh grade in the school. Um, so I, I didn't look specifically at power standards.
1: Mm. Okay. Tell me about how you assess students. I know that you are into detesting and you've changed the language of assessment uh, when discussing that with your
0: students. Uh, well, it's interesting. Um, I, I was talking to a marketing specialist. Uh, this was maybe two months ago, and I was—we were chatting about what we did. And I said that I was a teacher, and I started going gradeless. And you know, I changed the name of my assessments from uh, tests and quizzes to "Show Me What You Can Do." And he was fascinated. He said, "You have totally rebranded this without." Uh, making a major change, but you've made the change in the sense that students are looking at this differently. And I, I got this idea from Ellen Cruz, who is a teacher at uh, Vista Innovation Design and Academy in uh, California. And she was quoted in Joe Bowler's book. And she did the same thing. And I, I thought that this was fascinating, uh, that she changed basically how uh, people look at Uh, students look at tests and quizzes and it's not the only change that happened in fact you know i don't put a grade on there anymore but to rebrand it as something else um actually kind of changes the student's attitude toward it um and if you can get them to buy in on that that actually uh, makes them feel a bit more comfortable with what they're doing and it i was my goal was really to you know also to decrease anxiety one of the things that uh ellen said in the book she said uh she would tell her students, just do the best you can and don't worry about it. And I could, heard myself saying that line a number of times this year uh, because I wanted students to just, you know, show me what you can do. This is low stakes, not putting a grade on it. You get the self-assess. And we're gonna, I know we're going to talk about retakes later, but if, if you don't understand how to do something, we can meet, we can go over it, and you can retake similar questions to it.
1: So are these Show Me What You Can is any different than a traditional test or quiz?
0: Uh, I think they're very similar. Uh, I, I could conceivably put the word test at the top of the paper and, and grade it like I normally grade it. But uh, rebranding the name and then the way that I uh, go through the test and quiz, uh, which is now the Show Me What You Can Do, I um, mark it up in a way that I point out things that they have done well. And then I also point out where they're not understanding something and show them on the paper what they could do to understand this better, where their mistakes might have been.
1: I would have really liked that in school. Um, I loved math when I was a kid. And when I was in seventh grade, uh, I remember when my love for math died. Um, When I was in seventh grade, I had uh, this teacher who, uh, when I was forecasting for math, told me I couldn't take the advanced math. Well, Um, my problem wasn't that I didn't understand the math. It was, I didn't pay attention to the details. I wouldn't bring down the decimal point or I wouldn't put my negative in there. And the teacher would look at the final answer only and it would either be right or wrong. And because I had a lot of wrong answers, because I didn't pay attention to details, I was a C student and, um, it destroyed my love for math.
0: How frustrating is that? Uh, from from a student's point of view. When you think about the the goal is for students to be able to understand the material. And it sounds like you understood it, but we're making careless errors along the way. So to to be a C plus student and not be given this opportunity can be really frustrating for students that really, you know, they could handle uh, that more challenging class. So I actually had students, I I surveyed my students at the end of the school year and, and that was one of the things that they talked about liking about the uh gradeless classroom and where they self-assessed and they said that you know they really felt like they were graded on what they understood um when they came up with a grade that uh best suited them by the end of the quarter
1: and when you talk about giving students feedback um and uh take a student like me for example if i was in your class in seventh grade and i made a bunch of careless errors um how would you go about uh talking to me about these how would you give me feedback to help me
0: so uh basically i broke the uh, show me what you can do comments and feedback down into two parts and it was important that i clearly communicated these two things so to use your example of you are making some careless errors along the way but it shows like you understood the material what i would do is i would be clear about what what you where your mistake was and say this is your mistake here and here's what you can do differently next time when you do a problem like this and then if somebody does something well and shows their understanding and explains it well i would put on the paper something like you did a really great job explaining this or i liked how you did this it really shows you understand this material um and i I was looking back at some of the work that my students did uh, this past year, and I was looking at a student's work, and I noticed that when I marked up her paper, there was a, a question that she clearly didn't understand part of the question. And I circled that part of the question, and it says, "It looks like you misunderstood this information." And then I showed her where her misunderstanding was, and she actually came later uh, back to me later and, and wanted to retake. And I we went over it, and she clearly understood after seeing. Oh, that's where my mistake was, and and she had gained this understanding and, and was able to show it to me.
1: Now that makes sense to me. Um show me what you can do. If you don't have it, go back and work on it and then show me again.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And I actually want to to tell you that I am considering trying something new this year. I came across an article on Twitter um on it was on the Heckinger report and it's called has video killed the red grading pen. And it's all about these teachers that are actually recording themselves while they mark up uh, student work. And uh, I I think that this could be really powerful because there were some students that, even if I tried to show really clear step-by-step instructions on where they made some mistakes, when they met with me, they still weren't really sure where their mistakes were. But when we talked it out, uh, they understood it more. So I'm thinking that if, if I could record myself while I'm marking up their paper, Uh, and then they watch that recording before they self-assess themselves, it might give them a better idea of where their understanding lies.
1: Oh, wow. I can uh, see the power in that and how that would really help students out. Uh, As you uh, try that this year, would you share some of that with me? I will definitely do that. And the other thing I know that you do is um, you get students to self-assess. Can you explain how you do that? How do you get kids to assess themselves?
0: Well, I, I select activities or show me what you can do uh, that I want them to self-assess when I feel that the class is, as a whole is ready for self, self-reflection. So I, I don't want to do it at a point where they're still, as a majority in their learning stages, I, I want to get them to a point where they, they have some confidence in their understanding. So when, they, when they're at that point, um, we do an activity or show me what you can do. And then I, when I give it back to them, I said, okay, this is something you're going to self-assess learning standards are, are listed right on your work there as to what you were working with. And then I give them a clear rubric, uh, a one through four rubric where they self assess themselves with a one being, I need more time to understand this. Two, I can do this with the help of an example. Three, I can do this on my own, but I'm making small errors or not explaining my work well. And four, I can do this on my own and explain my solution path to others. So, they have a clear rubric they know what the learning standard is and then they self-assess themselves based on based on their work
1: yeah um one of the biggest pushbacks i get from teachers um with a feedback only classroom is that uh with assessment if uh they know they can retake the assessment they're not going to try the first time and uh they're going to look at the assessment and um retake it again uh Feel like kids are just going to game the system. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs>
0: uh, well, I, I think I'm going to speak to teaching seventh graders first of all. Okay. Uh, I don't think seventh graders exploit this. Uh, I'm not sure if they're not <laughs> maybe sneaky enough or developed enough in their brain to to think ahead to like, oh, here's how I can totally exploit this situation. Now, I've I've never done retakes with high school students. I taught high school for a short time at the beginning of my career, so I can't speak to what high school students would do but i will say this that the bottom line is we at the end of the day at the end of the term at the end of the year we want students understanding the material right so if it takes them if they're going to game the system and say well you know i'm not going to try this because i know i can retake okay fine you can do a retake but my goal for you my overall action goal is for you to understand the material when the school year is over or when the unit is over so that it's something you can carry with you into the next school year or future school years. So if if the students are going to do that, and I would say it's probably a very small percentage that are going to do that, um, then the goal is to finally get them to the point where they understand. And I, I also think that uh, teachers, some teachers that say that uh, it's an excuse for not changing to try something new because change is hard yeah change is really hard so if you can put up that barrier and say well i'm not going to do retakes because i know students are going to take advantage of it then that's just an excuse for a situation where you could have students better understanding the material so i i would argue that um, if teachers really truly want to go gradeless They need to include retakes as a possibility, and they have to realize that the majority of their students are going to take this seriously. So if a
1: kid games a system, he games a system. Uh, Ultimately, he's got to learn the material, so points don't matter. Exactly. Yeah, the other concern I hear is that uh, teachers just don't have the time in the day to go back and uh, do continual reassessment of students. Um, How do you manage that?
0: Um, it is time-consuming, uh, but I've gained some time in other areas. Uh, for example, prior to going gradeless, I would mark basically all student work. It wasn't graded as, it, as if they were correct or incorrect all the time, but completion. So I would have this huge grade book on the computer of all these different grades, this homework, this homework, this classwork, all these different assignments. I was reporting it, I was entering the grades in, and it took a lot of time. Uh, and I've taken that out as uh, a piece. I, I don't keep track of that in a grade book for students. I do, however, keep track of students that are putting their effort in and not putting their effort in because I want to include the parents in this if they're not putting the effort in that they do need to to be successful. So I, I take that time trade off of not entering that to spending more time with giving students the retakes. And sitting down with them and uh, taking a look at their work and being careful on how I respond to students. Because I think that's where you're going to get a bigger bang for your buck. I'm here to tell you that there's a very small minority of students that are motivated by grades. And those that aren't motivated by grades, they're not going to be motivated if you... if you say, oh, well, if you don't do this homework assignment, your grade is going to go down. It's not going to change their attitude. So I would much rather have them try to spend some time and effort in retaking and understanding the material than my time and effort of keeping track of how many homework assignments.
1: So since you're not keeping track of homework and um, you're basically just reporting on uh, the show me what you can do is the assessments. Um, how do you communicate uh, learning to your stakeholders? How do you communicate learning to your students to your parents?
0: Yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, I was concerned last year was the first year that I went gradeless, and I, I honestly I was really concerned that I would get a lot of parent pushback. So at the beginning of the school year, I sent a letter home explaining what I was going to do, and then again at back to school night, uh, where where you get to meet the parents for the first time in September, uh, I stressed with them that. I was going to be very upfront with students to begin with, tell them you're not doing what you need to do to be successful or you need really need to come and do this. And if you're not going to do that, I'm going to include the parents. Uh, And uh, I said, I told the parents, you need to trust me that I will make sure you're aware if your child is falling down and not doing what they need to do to be successful in this class. And um, I was true to my word. And to be honest, I did not get one parent complaint about not being able to go into the online grade book uh, as a parent and see what their child's grade was every single week uh, because I was in contact with those that uh, were struggling. And uh, they knew where their child was without knowing what their exact grade was.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I've experienced the same thing. Most of my parents um, have never complained about not having grades in the gradebook. Uh, they just want to know how their child is doing so they can help them.
0: Right. And they don't want to be blindsided at the end of the quarter either and say, what the heck happened? How come you haven't been in contact with me? So to be able to be in contact with parents uh, about what their child is doing throughout the quarter. If there's a situation, maybe even a great situation, hey, your child did this awesome thing, you should know this. Uh, they they should be always be in the loop.
1: I agree. I agree completely. Um, now, at the end of the semester, um, like me, you have to give a grade. Um, I believe you conference with your student over grades. So how do you do this? What does this look like for you?
0: Uh, so there's a lead up to the conference where, uh, after each uh, one, after students self-assess themselves on all their individual things, but then they might do some retakes in between the conference and the time that they, uh, they took the original, uh, show me what you can do or, or activity. And, uh, pr- prior to the conference, I have them go on seesaw where they keep all of their, uh, work. That they have self-assessed themselves on. And I give them a sheet that lists all of the learning standards that we have covered that quarter. And I say, go through your work, and I want you to self-assess yourself again because some of you have done retakes, so you, those uh, original self-assessments would have changed. And at the end, I want you to give yourself a grade um, on that paper. And so they, all students do this prior to our conference and then they come to meet with me one at a time and during that conference we'll have their Seesaw account open and I'll have them explain to me uh why they self-assess themselves on each individual learning target based on uh what work they have shown they understand or still need help with. And then if we agree on their self-assessments, then I will say, what grade do you think that you deserve? And they'll uh, say, I think I deserve a B B+. And more often than not, I actually agree with them. There are a few students that, that either don't give themselves enough credit or uh, value themselves higher than what they've shown. And with those students, the ones that think they should have a higher grade, I said, it's really based on not what you think you understand, but what you've shown me. So we still, have, and I'll say, we still have a, a few days before the end of the quarter. If you want to meet, we can do some retakes, and you can show me that you understand that, then sure, we can, we can make that grade go up. Um, but it's more of a give and take. Uh, I have an idea of what their grade should be when we go into these conferences, um, but I'm not hard and fast on that either. Uh, I've had students come to me with 10 learning standards with the exact same self-assessments One student thinks they should have an A-, minus. the other student thinks they should have a B plus, And I agree with both. (laughs) I
1: know. It's funny how subjective it all is. Um, And the funny thing is, for me, since I've been conferencing with students over the grades and having them um, self-select is uh, the big question I always get is, well, if they can choose their own grade, then they're all going to choose an A. That's not true. (laughs) Kids are pretty actually harder on themselves than they are than I would be. And I found most kids give themselves lower grades than, uh, than what I would have given them. Um, and rarely do I have a kid that walks in and obviously you know, wouldn't be an A student who says, I deserve an A. I rarely get that. Um, yeah. What's been your experience with this?
0: Um, I've had the same experience. There have been times where I've had to say to students who say, for example, think that they're a C+. Plus. And I'll say, you know, that seems a little low. I, I think you actually have shown understanding for more than that. Would you like to give me another suggestion? And they'll say, well, a B minus. So you're kind of trying to massage them in the right direction. And I think they walk out of the uh, conference in that situation feeling a little bit better about themselves and better about the subject. You know, I hear so many people say on parents' night, the, the first thing a parent will say to me, oh, math, that was my worst subject. Uh, and 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 it it frustrates me because I I would hate to have students leave my classroom feeling that same way because you shouldn't feel that way. You should feel confident. Lowering the anxiety level by removing grades has really helped students, I think, that have felt not great about the subject arriving in my class feel a lot better about it by the end of the school year.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. That's exactly what I've seen in my English class too. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for your time. Uh, thank you for your insights and um, we have a piece coming out um, with uh, by you real soon. That's going to talk about a lot of these questions a little bit more, uh, more in depth. Um, and I'm really excited about this piece. Um, Andrew, you enjoy your, the rest of your summer vacation and uh, looking forward to continue to work with you throughout the school year and seeing more that you do in your class.
0: Well, thank you very much. And it's, uh, it's really been a pleasure Uh, learning from you and and many others that that took this plunge long before I did. So uh, thank you for all your help for getting me where I am today.
1: Oh, my pleasure. And that concludes this episode of TG2Cast. If you'd like more information, check us out on our website at teachersgoinggradeless.com or our Facebook group. You can also follow us on Twitter at tg 2 Chat. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to make sure that you get future installments. Thanks for listening.